You're listening to episode one of Undervalued. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, I'm Ronnie Bergner, one of the hosts of this podcast. My co-host and mentor is Wendy Bowling. She's a business executive turned gender inclusivity consultant and author. We are so excited to bring you along with us as we share and learn from the various perspectives presented by women and men in the workplace. Together, we're working to make work a place where no one feels undervalued simply because of who they are. Thanks for listening. Okay, here we are recording episode one of Undervalued. How exciting is this? I'm super pumped. I'm me too. <laughs> so in today's episode, we'll be sharing what brought us to do the podcast in the first place. Right. And then we want to make sure people know eat a little bit about each of our journeys, our career path, how we got to this place. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every episode, we're going to have two segments. First segment is called Study of the Sewed, where we go over the latest diversity and inclusion research. And we always want to end on a good note. Of course. With some positive, uplifting, gender intelligent news. So let's kick it off. So Wendy and I are so excited to do the podcast because we have a mutual passion about gender inclusivity and equality in the workplace due to having crazy similar experiences, even though I started my career 33 years after you did. Exactly. To me, this podcast is a way to share my precious mentor with the world. (laughs) And I feel the same way about you. (laughs) Sharing your mentee. You you are so wise beyond your years. Oh my gosh. And it's been so amazing to watch since I started mentoring you, how you have grown in terms of standing up for yourself. Oh. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. And really seeing and recognizing when things are aren't okay and when you aren't being valued Mm -hmm. for what you bring Mm -hmm. um it's just one of those things you want all women to feel that empowered right and confident my confidence has grown that's in the last years yeah and it's kind of the reason we named it right undervalued was something we don't want to be the norm of how Uh, people feel about younger women Mm -hmm. or women in general or any underrepresented group. Right. In male-dominated fields. Exactly. And white-dominated fields. Totally. So, yeah. All right. Tell me about some of your experiences and your career path and how you ended up meeting me at a coffee shop. Go (laughs) from birth to meeting me at the coffee shop. (laughs) Oh, wow. We've got that much time. (laughs) So... I've been so blessed and lucky, you know, spending uh, 20 years in engineering and running uh, projects. It has been a fabulous first part of my career, right? And so 20 years in, um, I was kind of at the top of my game. I was, uh, had the responsibility for, as an R&D director of all the next gen product development for this huge fortune 100 company Mm -hmm. and felt like I was on the fast track. VP promotable. I was, I really felt it. VP promotable. Nice. I know. And 
you know, well-rated, was getting paid well, was getting great raises, and... Uh, and really good feedback. And from, fair, great feedback. Right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, I went through, and I was at a customer meeting, and afterwards got propositioned um, to have a threesome <laughs> by the sales director... Mm-hmm. I only laugh because I don't want people to think that I think that's funny because I really don't. But one of the lessons I've learned is that if you're not able to laugh at shit like that, oh, I agree. It will make you bitter and angry. Yes, you got to know it's not right and take it seriously. But when you're talking well, with your girlfriends about it, sometimes you have to be able to laugh at all. And when you and I talked about it originally, I would call it a three-way. And a lot of, a lot of people thought I'm in a three-way conference call. They're like, what's so wrong with that? Yeah. What's wrong with a three-way? You're just getting on a conference call. Oh my goodness. So I reported it. Um, and he wanted to record it, right? Oh yeah. That's a fun little detail. Yes. He, uh, he just got more and more into the whole scenario and wanted to videotape it and oh my, just talked what about what, we, what do we wear. She wanted to brainstorm it with us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least he valued your opinion as a woman. <laughs> he wanted to know what you could I bring I wasn't to the table. undervalued <laughs> in what I would wear. <laughs> so it was one of those things where you were more shocked than mm-hmm. anything. But I ended up um, telling my um, VP about it. And then it was reported to HR Mm -hmm. and I ended up going through retaliation from HR Mm -hmm. for the next 18 months until I was fired. Crazy. And this was 20 years into being with the company. That is crazy. That's a long time to be with one one company. Which was one of those things I never really saw it coming. What was HR's initial reaction they ran a um an investigation Mm -hmm. and they came back and they said we what he did was wrong we're not going to say that Mm -hmm. but but we're not talking about that we're going to talk about you and what you did wrong Crazy. And it was not victim blaming. It at was a um, It was amazing. And then what I found that I said, well, what is he? What punishment is he going to get? That's none of your concern. We're here to talk about the lack of judgment you showed. We're Ugh. here to talk about what you should have done differently. And what did they think you should have done? They thought wore um, a freaking turtleneck to lunch <laughs> with the guy. Well, and this is where they want to make it rough for you. So that you never, ever report it again. Because it's easier, to be honest, Mm -hmm. if they never have to deal with these things, Mm -hmm. right? It's just more work for them. Right. And so I ended up finding out later he had gotten two days of of a training class. And he ended up staying. Whereas over, I think the biggest thing was not, um, it was the 18 months. It was... Getting so spunky and saying, I know you're trying to get me to leave because you just want the squeaky wheel to be quiet. Right. But I'm not going to leave. I'll leave when I'm ready. Not, you're not going to force me out. They're not going to manage you out. Right. And they, if they quit, you don't have to pay um, Mm -hmm. unemployment. So it's all of these things, right? right? 
So they just kept making it more and more difficult for me. Like you, you can't be trusted to manage people. So I went from a hundred, you know, managing a project with 125 people, hardware, software, and firmware to being an individual contributor. Then they just oh moved gosh. me from project to project. So by the end of it, I realized that I started to think something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Because when you stay somewhere so long, you start, it, it almost feels like the bad environment is normal and mm-hmm. you're the problem. Ugh. And what so a- your confidence suffers. Right. So um, I got a meeting with the CEO, you know, went and looked at, at litigating, looked at what it was going to cost, did my research like an engineer, a good engineer would, <laughs> you know, talked to other women who had, had gone through the litigation mm-hmm. and they were so negative, so horribly jaded right. that I, I came to this conclusion. It was going to be four years of a, a trial and it was going to take 75000 upfront of my money to pay the lawyer. And so I just thought living well is the best revenge. Yeah. And in hindsight, um, I think staying really didn't serve me. I should have done things a a lot differently. Really? But I didn't, at the time, I just kept thinking someone will hear what's going on and they'll see how unfair and 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 they'll step in and they'll fix it. And that was your inspiration for getting a meeting with the CEO, yes. I would imagine. So the day I was supposed to meet with the CEOs when um, they canceled that meeting and instead the, the VP I was reporting to at that moment had me come into his office. He, there was an HR executive there with him and he said, we've been unable to find a position where you can be successful, so we have to let you go. Oh my God. And so they gave me a box and walked me down to my office, and I had to put all of my stuff that I wanted to take home that would fit in that box. Oh, my gosh. And I, they walked me to my car. So you went from having a meeting scheduled with the CEO, who probably didn't know what it was about, right. thinking you're going to finally have an ally. Right. And somebody who realizes that you're being retaliated against for reporting sexual harassment. Yep. To showing up and being fired. Yep. And I'll never forget that drive home. I don't even know how I drove home because I was just crying so hard. Oh my you know, God. that, that the one where you're sobbing and you can't really breathe. You got snot everywhere. Oh, totally. <laughs> and it was one of those things you just couldn't believe it happened. So and crazy. I just realized if this could bring me to my knees in terms of impacting my confidence, when I was kind of a badass, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I could hold my own, and I just never felt um, like I couldn't do anything they threw at me, right? But if it could bring me to my knees, mm-hmm. then what about women who don't start out at such a confident place? Yes, and all I could think was, I. I there's something I need to do to support these other women. I need to figure out a way to make lemonade out of lemons in this case. And I have to find a way to make a difference Mm -hmm. 
And I'd always been very supportive of other women and mentored them and really been an advocate um, for women and other underrepresented groups. But this, this really kickstarted me. It wasn't like I could do that. It was I had to do it. Right. Right. So. And here you are. That's right. <laughs> Recording a podcast all That's about right. it. That's right. Because I, you know, I went on, it opened such new experiences for me. I was able to get into sales and mm-hmm. do so many other different things mm-hmm. that I may have never done if I'd stayed in that in that company and just gotten promoted right. you know, on that track I was mm-hmm. on. And so in hindsight, it's, it's been this amazing career where I've done startups and gotten to be an owner in a software company mm-hmm. and ran, ran sales in an Indian company, you know, and worked for healthcare IT startups, mm-hmm. had my own. I, it has really been an incredible journey. That's awesome. Thank you. And now people are flying you out to different places, yeah. having you speak, and you get to spend so much time focused on something you're passionate about. So. Exactly. I mean, just writing the book was such a, uh, it was almost a bucket list. I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's oh. awesome. Thank you. Did I tell you about how I saw your book at my work? on somebody's desk I didn't tell you that no oh yeah I saw it on someone's desk and I thought maybe it was my copy so I was like where'd you find that book the guy was like it's my book and I was like oh sorry sorry I have the same book I thought it was mine hey bitch what do you got my book for (laughs) well I just saw your face sitting there and I just immediately was like that's "That's mine so then I realized oh yeah you probably have more than one reader you probably have more than me (laughs) I love it yeah so we should talk about how we got to know each other. But at first, well, it's kind of part of your story, right? Yeah. How? So oh, we, totally. So why don't we shift to you? Okay. The I'm the wiser one. You're the prettier one. Oh my God! Shut up. You <laughs> you're very pretty. Well, thank you. I sent my my dad asked me how the podcast was going, so yes. I sent him the picture of me with all the gear and the yes. headset, and sent a picture of you. And my dad goes, "Oh, she's cute." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, it kind of makes, creeps me out just a tad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not creepy. No, that's decent. <laughs> and he said, um, she looks very smart. That's the second thing he said. Wow. I know. So That's really great. Yeah, I'll have to introduce you to them. I want to meet them. So my, let's see. So I graduated at the end of 2017 with my chemical and biological engineering degree right here from cu from cu Sco buffs yes fight cu down the field can you hear that i love it (laughs) i love it a good singing voice oh thank you uh tune in later and i'll be singing the whole fight song (laughs) uh so i was at a coffee shop with a woman who I had connected with who was a teacher because I was thinking about going into teaching math because I was so burnt out with my engineering degree and it was so difficult and I just didn't see myself in pharmaceuticals or oil and gas and I had so like pigeonholed what my possibilities were like yeah, like I, tunnel vision almost. exactly and I was like I don't want to do this I don't want to do this I remember we had a speaker in for our, I forget what the class was called, like, oh, senior seminar. Yes. Where there's different speakers and one came in and she was a woman that worked at like a printer ink company. 
She was a chemical engineer making printer ink. And I would like went home and I just cried. And I was like, I don't want to end up making printer ink. <laughs> I was so upset. Totally in a negative headspace. Decided the best, the most joy I had during my degree was when I was doing math. Because I've always loved math. And I love working with kids. So I thought I'd go into teaching math. So I'm meeting this woman at the coffee shop to talk about teaching. And you walked in. And you're like, hey, and came walking over. Because I knew Terry. You knew. She was my right. oldest who, son's second, first grade teacher. Right. That's who I was meeting with, Terry. And you introduced yourself to me, and you asked us what we were talking about. And I said, oh, I'm thinking about teaching math. And then Terry goes, I'm trying to talk her out of it. She has an engineering degree. And then you go, oh, you have to go into STEM. It is fabulous. And then you gave me your business card. And Terry said, Wendy, you have to talk to, to Ronnie. Mm-hmm. And you gave me your business card. And it said, Corporate Cowgirl Up. And I was like, who is this lady? <laughs> <laughs> what? Who is this nutball? Exactly. And then we met for coffee. And who would have thought that? How long ago was that? Wow. Well, probably a year. We have to keep track of that. Okay. A year later, we hang out all the freaking time. <laughs> That's we're doing right. this project together. So. Yeah. So I did. I took your advice. You, I didn't think that I could find a job because I hadn't done any internships. I mean, sir, yeah. Why was I so mean to myself? I know you would have. You would have never given that same advice to another woman, ever. And but I, we are always harder on ourselves. I know. I thought I was like not smart enough to do it. I don't know what my freaking problem was, but right. You snapped me out of it. Yes. And you said you need to follow steps A, B, C, and D, and I will help you get a job. And you did, and a few months later, I ended up yeah. starting as a financial analyst at a telecommunications company. I remember when we finally figured out you were going to look for the business analyst role, right? Oh, yes. It yeah. was three weeks later you started. And I'll never forget saying to you, when we, you were so cute, you got the job, <laughs> and you said, I want to take you to lunch uh-huh. to, to, to to thank you and to celebrate. Well, yeah. And we went to lunch and I said, I've never had anyone who has paid me to coach them, right? For coaching, mm-hmm. do everything I've told them to do, but you did. And you said, <laughs> do you remember what you said? No. My mama told me I had to do everything you said. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I went, I like her. Oh yeah. Cause I told my mom, I said, uh, the lady I had coffee with was great. Like I really connected with her. And yeah, my mom goes, Everything she tells you to do, do it. Do everything she says, and I bet you'll get a job. I mean, people go out of their way and go to these events to try and find a mentor yeah, and sponsors. Yes. And when you have one, just like fall into your lap that has a similar passion as you. Yeah. Like, you better do what they say and value them as yes. a mentor. So right? you audience members, you better listen to this. Amen. Well, I'm sharing my mentor with you, audience members. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm refilling my wine. I mean, we've been really lucky that I get to meet you and you get this job. Mm-hmm. But your journey's been a little rocky since you started that first job, right? Right. In fact, you're now, after how many months? <laughs> after eight months. Eight months, you're actually going to move to a new ro- to a new company. Yeah, I know, and I'm so excited. So how do you get to that point in eight months? What is the environment like? What, what happened to you? So I had a few situations in particular that caused me to leave, and it started with 
Um, as my in my role as a financial analyst, we have these quarterly meeting meetings that we consolidate all of our financials and create a forecast and then present to the CTO of the company. And it's a big meeting. It's like what everybody's thinking about every quarter, really like the whole point of my job. And my product group that I'm a part is regionalized. So it, in my product group, we had five all male teams and then one all female team just kind of happened to work out that way. And my team was operating without a manager who, cause he had just left the company. So it was me and another analyst and I'd been in this role for a month and she'd been at the company for a week and we're told to like prep for this meeting, consolidate all the financials and just do it, which is totally overwhelming. We end up getting prepared for the meeting and we're ready to go. And the director of finance who manages all these different teams is kind of overarching for all the regions, pulls us aside and says, I think it might be best if you two skip the meeting because I'm not sure you'll be able to answer any tough questions that come you come your way and it can be kind of brutal in there. And it was true that we had spent a lot of our time just understanding this process and like just trying to figure out where we were even getting our data from and how sure. to consolidate it. We didn't really have time to do the analysis. So we agreed and said that's fine, thinking that Normally, just the finance managers are going to the meeting, so as analysts, we're not going to go. And we thought maybe that's just how these things go. Exactly. So we show up the next day, and everybody's going to the meeting. All the managers are going to the meeting. All the analysts are going to the meeting. And all the interns are going to the meeting. And the only three people in finance that aren't going to this meeting are myself Brennan, my teammate, the other female analyst, and our female intern, who's the only female intern. Only three people not included are the only three women. Not a good look. No. <laughs> Your face. <Ugh. laughs> You're disgusted. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. And so I don't really think this is intentional. I think that the director of finance was being overly protective of us, oh. not really having confidence in us. And ends up excluding us. And I don't know why they didn't think to... I guess if we weren't going, they weren't going to invite our intern. But they all... She's also the only intern who's not white. Oh, wow. So. So you go and you call them on this. Yeah. So the meeting goes so poorly that we have a I'm redo hoping. meeting. <laughs> they needed uh, some women at the table. Yes. <laughs> the meeting goes so poorly that they're having a redo of this big meeting. I guess the CTO like flipped out and was like, you have two more days, come back more prepared. So all the managers of all the different regions and myself and Brennan are meeting to decide how the next meeting can go better, blah, blah, blah. And I ask if we're going to be included on the mock board meeting this time. And the director says, you can come if you really want to. <laughs> And I was like, well, I think we should be included if all the other managers are bringing their analysts and their interns, except for my intern. Sure. Don't you think we should come? And he says, yeah, you can come as long as you all don't type too loud with your long lady nails. So what a different way that could have gone. Seriously. He could have said, 
oh, I didn't mean to make you feel excluded or of and course, of course we, want we you need there. you included. We need your input. And I know. And this is such a learning mm-hmm. opportunity for you. Especially being thrown into this role where I'm oh. acting as a manager. I've been at the company for a month. My sure. aunt, other analyst has been there for a week. Sure. And all of our hard work, we're doing so much more than all the other analysts and we're it's not being appreciated or and, acknowledged at and all. And one of and your the other woman that was working with you, yeah. she was so disgusted by this. Yes, that she left the company. Wow. That day. Yeah. yeah. She called me. That was a Friday and she called me over the weekend and said, "Hey, I can't do it anymore. I've never been felt more discriminated against in a role." I'm and done. And I'm coming in to turn in my laptop and that's it. Wow. She goes, as long as you feel like you can finish out this earning supplement without me. And at that point, we were in a pretty good place. So I said, of I course. totally understand. Yeah. Of course. So you've gone though, and it hasn't been just one thing. Mm-mm. You've had kind of a continuous how you were, how women are seen in this environment. Right. right? Like being called honey and love. Right. Um, being kind of just overprotected a lot. Wow. Um, my new manager, I had a new manager fill in after that whole hubba blue and he, um, I brought, came to him with a concern about being excluded again because I was being protected more than my male counterparts. And sure. he told me that women are more emotional than men. So sometimes they need to be protected more. Wow. And I tell HR about that. Con- I worked it out between him and I, and we sure. came to an understanding. And and you helped him understand how that made you feel. Exactly. Which is what we need to do. Exactly. Because a lot of this is unintended, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally But unintended. even when you did bring it to HR. Yeah, so I brought it to HR, told her I didn't need her to get involved. I just wanted her to know because she was totally oblivious to anything like this happening. Head of HR. Sure. So I brought it to her attention thinking she would be maybe grateful for the information. And do something with it mm-hmm. to want to change the environment or at least to educate. Right. And <sighs> she uh, asked me if I was just overly sensitive and told me that she thinks that the sexual harassment training they do when new people get hired is sufficient and she doesn't. So now you know it's not going to change. Yeah, so that at that HR point... HR is not going to help it? If the head of HR is asking me if I'm overly sensitive, I think it might be time to move on. Right. So, And yeah. you're not even getting into the other situations that you've confided in me with. So no. you hit this stage where you feel like you've done what you can to improve the culture, mm-hmm. but it's time to move on. Right, and I was getting to a point where I was becoming like, Negative, and I think one of my biggest strengths in the workplace is that I always have a good attitude. Yes. And I'm positive and upbeat, and people enjoy being around me. I'm the um, member at the conference. They had the different personality types. I'm sure. the otter. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I wasn't, I wasn't like that anymore because I was so... It just beat you down. Exactly. And when you're not... When you can't get out of that headspace and you're not acting like yourself... It's time to leave. I mean... And the longer you stay, the more normal it seems. Yeah. So I loved that you, though, waited it out. Mm -hmm. You figured out how to continue in that 
in in well, this how culture. many times did you have to walk me off the edge yeah we did have some of those moments and I got to that point where I said just call me and I'll help you right mm-hmm. we'll talk through this mm-hmm. because I'll never forget where did we meet and I I could just tell you weren't yourself and I said something pretty obscure did not even and you just burst into tears <laughs> And I went way too close to the edge there, Uh, you know, right? Yeah. Yep. We're at that happy hour, I think. That's right. Oh, the the coolest women happy hour. Yes. I went, I remember telling Parker, I went, (laughs) I go, I have an event tonight. Like, hopefully I'll be able to do some networking and meet new people to get a new job. And I went home and I go, I ended up crying the whole event. I was like, (laughs) but I got like four business cards. (laughs) Because everybody felt so bad for me and they had all been there. So they been there, done that. They gave me, they were so supportive. And it didn't, it help you feel like you weren't as alone. Oh yeah. So, and that's what we're trying to do Mm -hmm. with this podcast is Mm -hmm. to build a community of women that understand you're not running this race by yourself. No, not at all. We got to stick together. And everybody has a different tolerance for dealing with this. Because mm-hmm. I meet women who say, oh, I've never gone through any discrimination. Mm-hmm. And I go, thank goodness your ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. That you, or, you're not susceptible for it or you're not dealing with it or you don't even notice it. Yeah. Or I think that certain personalities, it just doesn't bother them as much. Because that was one of the things that the HR lady told me, she goes, well, I think I'm just having a hard time understanding where you're coming from because anytime anything like that's happened to me, I've just told people to F off and held my own and always been able to hold my own is kind of what she said. And I said, that's really great. And I like aspire to be like that. I want to be somebody who nobody messes with and holds their own, but that's not authentically me. And I shouldn't have to put up this badass front to be successful in a male-dominated field. I should be able to be myself. I shouldn't have to be this hardcore, tough, grumpy lady to be respected. Exactly. What? Exactly. And she, when I said that, we actually, that was like the starting point of us starting to see eye to eye. That's like where our bickering ended and our conversation started. That's good that she, she could at least she hear had, it. Yeah, she said she never, never thought, thought of it. Exactly. Should we get into our segments? I love it. Let's do it. Okay, so every episode, Wendy and I want to do two different segments. We want to do a study of the sode. Wendy, do you remember what a sode is? Yes, an episode. <laughs> <laughs> and the study of the sode is going to be some sort of research that somebody's done we're always going to check our sources they're going to be good reliable sources of course about uh gender inclusivity unconscious bias things along those lines and then we're also going to always end the podcast with some sort of uplifting gender equality news yes so and we're not going to tell each other about it so today i have the sode and wendy has the news okay okay so i'm excited about this study because when I did my diversity and inclusion workshop at CU, this was the very first study that they talked about. And I'm sure you've, you've probably heard of it. It's a pretty famous one. But it's like crazy eye-opening. And it applies to us because it's about STEM. Okay. So this is called John versus Jennifer, a battle of the sexes. And it was a study done by a PhD 
at Yale University. Well respected. <laughs> I would say so. No, no slough off college. Nope. Yale, the Ivy Leagues. Okay, so her name's Corinne Moss Rakusen, I believe is how you say her name. And the study she did is she sent out two identical applications to different labs at different universities all across the country. And half of the applications, they're totally identical, same qualifications, GPA, all that. Half the applications had the name John on it, and the other half had Jennifer. So she's basically testing out bias in the STEM field because she's like, why are women being paid so much less than men? Or why are there so many more men in STEM? Because same exact resume, just Mm. different name. Exact same, just different name. Okay. Like, I think it was like a big application. Like, yes, it's all sorts of qualifications. So she had the labs rate the candidates on a scale of one to five in competence, higher ability, and how likely you are to mentor them. And let's see. The I'm trying I want to know who was filling out this survey. It was like the the researchers in the labs. So okay. not other students, so, okay. like professors and Got it. think people who ran the lab. So John on the competence scale got a little over a 4 while Jennifer got a little less than 3.5. Okay. On the higher ability scale, John rated a 3.8 and Jennifer rated a 2.9. On the mentoring scale, the male candidate, John, rated a 4.7 and the female student, Jennifer, rated a 4. And that was, would you mentor them? How likely are you to mentor them okay to take them on as a mentee got it so pretty significant differential there totally and then (laughs) this is this is the good one they asked them if you were to hire this person to work as a research associate in your lab this student in your lab what would you pay them what would the salary be and on average the researchers at the lab put a salary that was four thousand more per year then for John, then Jennifer. Wow, that crazy. That is crazy. So this 10% idea more. Th- so this idea that you need to have blind resumes, right? right. Take names off. Mm-hmm. Um, what did they suggest? Do th- did they do any suggestion about how to try to even out? I think I didn't really have much of a. I just had the conclusion that there is a gender bias. Okay. <laughs> I think that everybody's still working on how to solve it. Okay, I don't think good. anybody has a big solution, but the paper does mention that awareness is the first step. Sure. Awareness that you have a gender. Because so many people say, oh, I, I don't even think about it. That's what my CFO said to me. He goes, I'm surprised this happened in my organization because I don't even really see gender. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's part of the problem. You because should. Because that's a lack of awareness. Yes. Because ingrained in you, you have a bias. And if you don't challenge yourself yeah. to find it and be aware of it, pay gaps are always going to be here. Biases are always going to be here. We're always going to rate John and I love as way this. more hireable than Jennifer. I agree. Oh, I should mention also that these researchers that they submitted this to, 
were men and women. The people exactly. that were ranking. Women are just as, as oh, unconsciously yeah. biased exactly. as this. Uh, yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Okay, so that's a little bit of a downer. So let's <laughs> let's look at some the next segment, let's which is the upper. more the more positive. Okay. Which is some positive news that is is recent. Lay it on me. Does, right. Is Jennifer a CEO now? No, but <laughs> we can only hope, right? Because you've heard that quote, um, that statistic about there's more men named John who are CEOs than all women CEOs. Oh my God. Are you serious? No, I have the graphic. We will post it to the website. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so there was a recent news item about Claire Foy. And she, that name sounds familiar. Yes, she's finally going to get her fair share for her portrayal of Queen Elizabeth II on the Netflix series The Crown. Okay. And I've seen this series. It is fabulous. She's (laughs) really good in it. But Left Bank Pictures, which is the promotion company behind The Crown, they revealed in March that Matt Smith, who is her male co-star, and and he's the uh, prince... Okay. Uh, you know, Harry. Yeah. Is Henry? that what? What's that guy's name? The William? Elizabeth Charles. Wait, isn't it William? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> we are terrible. <laughs> um, that he was actually paid more than Foy because he had more name recognition. They said. Okay. Because he was in Doctor Who. Did you ever watch that? No. So the British actress is going to receive two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars in back pay. Oh my gosh. Isn't that cool, though? That is awesome. So, Left Bank... I didn't even know... I, I didn't even know back pay was a thing until I met well, we you. We talked about it, right? Oh, yeah. Well, when I called you and was like, they're paying my intern 10000 more than me. You were like, you got to get in there and you need to ask for back pay. <laughs> and this is how we're going to do it. Yep. Right? So, we sound competent and we sound direct and we don't want them to say no. Yep. And in other words, um, if you're really committed treating and paying all people equitably, mm-hmm. then you'll make up the fact that you haven't been paying me equitably for the last five months. Which is what large bank pictures did. Yeah, it's left bank, oh, left pictures, bank pictures. But I like that. That's a good name too. <laughs> um, so they told the publication, we are absolutely united with the fight for fair pay, free of gender bias, and for a rebalancing of the industries." treatment of women in front of the camera and behind the scenes. Aww. The company later apologized and said that going forward, no one gets paid more than the queen. Yes. And I love that. In fact, I, love I think... It. What a, as you would say, fabulous <laughs> response. Seriously. Yes. Talk about what a, a commitment. Great message. Right? It's like we didn't Cheers. even realize we were doing this. And we're going to make it up. Oh, God, I can barely reach that. And we we're going to show a commitment going forward to maintain it. Right. And for most companies, giving somebody back, especially larger corporations, giving a female that you've been underpaying back pay, yeah. it's, I think it's worth the message that it sends. And I don't think this is about making men less mm-hmm. so that we get a better treatment. No. It's only even and out so that mm-hmm. women and men have the same opportunity to thrive and, this, and to succeed. And be authentic. Be exactly. Themselves. And bring their whole self, being their self in their work and work life just like they do their personal life. Amen. Sister. Sister. This has been so fun. So 
we're pretty lucky to be doing this with each other. And Absolutely. thank you for having the idea. <laughs> Thanks for jumping on the idea as soon as I said it. And so we invite you to go out there and to see what little bit of change you can make in the world. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Till next time. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Undervalued. If you want to follow us in other ways, we're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Undervalued the Podcast. We'd love to hear from you via email. Email us your questions, stories, if you need advice, things like that. Our email is undervaluedthepodcast at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, which is undervaluedthepodcast.com. And if you like what you heard, please rate us so that others can find us and get as encouraged as you've been, hopefully, this episode. And if you really loved us, feel free to donate at our donation page, which is patreon.com slash undervalued the podcast. Thanks for listening. This episode was brought to you by Corporate Cowgirl Up. Thanks to Corporate Cowgirl Up for supporting us.